Hi, Tony. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, perfect. Okay, good. Very good. Yeah, I actually have like a, a podcast microphone. Oh, really? oh, wow. Yeah. You're definitely more high tech than us. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting on our like better. iPhone headphones. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to MS5, Things They Don't Teach You in Medical School. Hosted by Aisha Gulani and Swathi Brahma. Presenting our first full-length episode, Setting Your Own Agenda in Medical School. So introducing Mr. Tony Tsai. Tony Tsai is the Director of Education Strategy at the University of Utah School of Medicine. He graduated from the Wharton School with his BS and Columbia Business School with his MBA. Before moving to Utah, he served in a number of roles at the University of Michigan. He is an expert in getting medical professionals to think outside the box during their training, and we are so lucky to have him as our first guest on MS5. And I had the pleasure of attending an AHA conference where Tony led a session on developing an elevator pitch and was blown away by how helpful and informative this was. Honestly, this experience is one of the reasons that we both went into starting this podcast in the first place. So with no further ado, here's Tony. Hello, Tony. Hello. Thank you for that intro. It's a pleasure to be here. We're so happy awesome. to have you. Um, so, Tony, we just went through your intro. Could you tell us a little bit more about your journey to your current role and what you're passionate about? Sure. Yeah. It's. Um, I'm currently working uh, a medical school. Um, I never thought I would end up working in medical school after graduating from business school. That's not <laughs> that's not one of those traditional traditional career paths, apparently, right? right. Um, and um, but I think I was thinking back about this, and uh, I moved uh, my parent my family moved to uh, the U.S. from Taiwan when I was eight years old. Oh, wow. And now that I think about it, I I always thought that maybe you know being a teacher is sort of what I wanted, right? But mm -hmm. when you grow up as a you know, Asian family, you know, especially with immigrants, they don't say, you know, we moved to the U.S., so maybe you can become a teacher. They're going to say, <laughs> hey, we're going to move to the U.S. so you can become a, a doctor or a lawyer or engineer or, or something, something, you know, that, and so I ended up choosing business because, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really want to be a lawyer, you know, and um, I was afraid of blood, and so I, didn't, I couldn't be a doctor. So. <laughs> I took me through like this really roundabout way. I was in corporate finance. I was in the military because I really enjoyed history. And, um, and that taught me a lot, um, taught me a lot about life and about how, how to um, influence people, get things done. Um, and then um, after a while, I did get the, uh, the courage to go back into higher ed. I started off with uh, being a, running a career center at the business school at the University of Michigan, talked to people about their careers, and that was very rewarding. And then eventually I had the opportunity to move, um, switch over into a, a leadership development role in education um, over at the University of Michigan's medical school, where I was helping them with um, essentially incorporating more leadership development into their curriculum. Because I think medicine, you know, of course, like there's, there's two parts that, you know, medicine, I think it's realizing is one, the system is being, becoming much more complex. And so they need doctors to understand systems better. And so they thought, you know, me being from the business school, I may be able to help them kind of incorporate more of that thinking into, into the medical school. And as well as just understanding systems, there's the aspect of 
being being able to run the systems. You know, if you know, not nothing against MBAs and you know, and you know, being one myself, but you know, you don't really want hospitals and health systems to be run purely like a business. And I think um, I think doctors there's a there's a desire I think for doctors to you know, I'm not just, and of course, this, this applies to all clinicians, you know, including nurses and, and other clinicians, but to kind of take more control back of the system. And so therefore, there has to be more um, leadership development, you know, because training right now in medicine is so technical, right? And it doesn't really um, equip people to become leaders of systems. And so I've been doing that for the last 10 years, you know, essentially helping students and residents, fellows and faculty um, develop more leadership. And so that's sort of where, uh, where I am right now. Wow, that's, that's awesome. And I think it's, it's so great to first off have a fellow Penn alum. And I think Swathi and I, <laughs> of course, always. <laughs> um, it's really interesting and amazing to see that that potential is definitely out there. We just have to tap into it. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then now today we want to sort of get into the topic um, with everybody about setting your own agenda in medical school. So Tony, we just wanted to ask you, what does this mean for you and what is the importance of setting your agenda in medical school? Yeah, it's interesting. I was, um, so here's about 10 years ago when I made the transition from the business school to the, um, to the med school, the med school at Michigan asked me to say, you know what, we have this program, we're training um, fellows, you know, they just finished residency to take on more, um, kind of go into careers where they're more influencing health policy and, and systems. And um, I was in charge of a leadership course for, for that group of fellows. And um, on that first day, um, you know, being from the military, oh, just, leadership is pretty natural. We always been talking about the language of military uh, leadership for forever now, in a way, when I was starting. And we always kind of fall back on values. You know, it's like leadership is like, you just kind of fall back on values and what do you really believe in and how do you use the values to kind of inspire yourself and inspire uh, the people around you to accomplish a mission. And so I asked the fellows the first day, because it's a leadership course, I said, what is most important to you? And it was like crickets, like nobody says anything. <laughs> and they were just like, well, what do you mean by that? I think like, I would say, I'm not, this is not a trick question. It's like, I'm just saying what is most important to you. And they're like, well, I don't really know, but it depends. And, and I realized like, you guys haven't thought about this at all, have you? <laughs> right? you know? and, um, and I thought to myself, wow, if leadership is going to um, take hold, there has to be a lot more reflection um, about what one wants. And in order for um, one first to be able to guide oneself, you know, for example, what's what are one's values? What are one's strengths? Um, what is one's purpose? Some of those questions, I think it needs really to be um, considered um, and more incorporated into the educational experience um, in medicine in order for um, leadership to develop. Mm -hmm. And you're completely right with that. I think a lot of what we, me and, me and Aisha especially, are realizing is that we haven't thought about these bigger goals. We haven't thought about these bigger questions. 
And so going off of that, how do you change that mindset so that you're able to reflect on your own strengths and build on them? Yeah, I think it it takes, yeah, let me just kind of, having been in medical schools, like um, I would not say that this is like an easy answer because even, even people who are, you know, older, 40, 40 year olds, 50 year olds, you ask them to reflect and it's still very hard, right? It's still very hard to always just mm -hmm. sit down and reflect. And, um, but I do feel like there are within any system, a number of people who are willing to do it. And, um, I remember about six or seven years ago, I was, um, helping Michigan change a curriculum. And, um, one of the things that we were, we were like tasked to do was to re reduce the preclinical phase of the curriculum from two years down to one year. And we were just like, Hmm, how are we going to do this? What is important? How do we, what do we cut? What do we, you know, keep, keep. And so in, in, as part of that process, I talked to a number of students about like, okay, so, you know, the, you're a third year, you went through this, or if you're a fourth year, tell me about what is it that you would keep and what is it that you would, um, um, omit. And he says, like, to be honest, like, you can omit a lot of it. And I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, this was like, the beginning. Was like, it's like, yeah, really, like, a lot of it is just extra stuff. Um, and, um, and he says, like, and I said, Oh, I mean, to be honest, like not most students were, did not say that, actually, but this was this was a person who was 30 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And so he says, he said to me, I'm 30 years old, I have like real things to learn. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, uh, and, and, and uh, what I take from it is this, and I, I do not mean to like bad mouth medical knowledge because mm -hmm. like, I think there is, there is a, a good role for that. Um, but I think what happens is um, it's like, maybe there's maybe too much of it and it crowds everything else out. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, and and so, but then I I realized like, oh yeah, this this person, who in a way went to medical school because this person wanted to do something. You know, you could tell like, oh yeah, this person's here to do something. And this person's not here to get good grades. This person's here to do something. Mm -hmm. And within within every medical school community, there are people who, um, are purpose purpose driven. And I do believe that everybody is capable of that. And but then I think there are people in there. I think like you guys, right? You decided, you decided like, you know what, we need to do something different. And those are the students that can prompt um, reflection, you know? And um, I, I, so I, I'm almost a little bit beyond to saying that the system can, can make this happen. I'm, I'm more of a camp now that in a way students are, mm -hmm. They have a responsibility to themselves and to each other. Um, and the more that they, they can take responsibility to do that. And when I say that, I mean, just, even if it's just like resisting the temptation to, to just kind of go after grades mm -hmm. and just, even if it's just, and, and kind of like, this is strange. I mean, th there's a part of me that's very like in business school, all we did really was team, all teamwork. And mm -hmm. we went out and talked to each other a lot in men's school. Um, it's very individual. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a feeling that I think 
doing things by yourself is more efficient. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it is to some degree, but then it can be taken too far. And then mm -hmm. the idea of what can you do that is just kind of like chilling out with people and socializing, which is very, very important. People say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, even if I say, even if, okay, fine, don't reflect then, but just hang out with your friends. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like that's, a, that's like an act of courage in a way because it's like, <laughs> you know, and so things like that. And it's almost like it's up to students to, to do those things. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, it's almost like, what is the, what, how do I want to live my experience? Um, one last thing, and then I'll stop. But it's sort of like, there's a feeling that, you know, if I just get through medical school, then it'll be all right. But I'm saying like, no, right? It's like, <laughs> like you know, guess what? Residency is not necessarily any easier than medical mm -hmm. school. Right. You don't just get through medical school. You actually have to use medical school to essentially establish a lifestyle. Like the, you're, you're almost like teaching yourself how to be, how to live as a doctor. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you can't just bury yourself in books. That's not, mm -hmm. that's not what being a doctor is about, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in a way, so the, that's, that's sort of the, some thinking to do for, for students, I think. No, Tony, you're resonating with us a lot. <laughs> um, almost think, too well. I know. I feel like, I feel like you're speaking to me. Um, I really like this concept you kind of drew out, putting the students that are more like grade-driven and then the purpose-driven students into separate categories. And I'm just wondering, um, off of like your experience, maybe advising students or seeing different students go through um, medical school, like can students change from one category to another if they want to be more purpose-driven and if they currently feel like they're too grade-driven? How do they do that? What skills would they need to develop that? It's very interesting. Okay. So I have to, I have to go real far back. Okay. So I'm sorry. <laughs> long, after, but long time, long, long time ago, <laughs> um, mid eighties when I was in school, um, I was, I was in a social studies class and my social studies teacher said, you know what? I think the Soviet union is going to fall. And I said, like, there is no way that there's like, I was thinking, it's like, really? No way. The Soviet Union is so like solid and impossible to change. Mm -hmm. And then like a couple of years later, it just kind of dissolved, you know? And um, it's, it's really interesting. And I think about um, the current social changes that are currently going on and how like, wow, it just in the matter of like a couple of months, so much has changed in the last couple of months, you know? That's true. And yeah. the question is like, how do you, how do you go about systematically doing that? And I was like, I don't really know, but I do really think that you get this pent up need that at some point gets released all at once. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like what ha what's going to happen is that in this medical school experience, you're going to have a very large shift at some point. Once mm -hmm. people can't stand it anymore. You know, stuff that you can't like, just, there's not a systematic way where you can just kind of like want piece by piece do it, but you sort of, everybody sort of understands the pressure. Right. And I think what you guys are doing right now is, um, essentially bringing about that change. You need all, you need some people like almost like a little bit of a tipping point mm -hmm. of people that are willing to speak out. And then what happens is I think, you know, I, 
we are, I can place myself into your, you guys' shoes because, you know, being an Asian person that wants good grades, that like, <laughs> it's like, you're like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, if somebody else is trying to get good grades, I'm going to try to get good grades. And, um, but, but if there is a, a, like a, uh, a small minority of people that are saying like, look, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. We're willing to stake our, the way that we go about how we behave in a different way you will find that you will influence some people. You will influence some people and give them permission to also follow. And then eventually what happens is, you know, once enough people says, you know what, that's just a better way. You're gonna have a very fast shift. And it's hard to know exactly when that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it takes some people who are willing to do something differently like you guys to model something different and to stand for something different, um, which will like you're, in the short term, you're like, I don't know what effect I'm gonna, it's going to have, but you'll, you'll see that you will influence some people um, to care about the right things. That's the most that we can want from this podcast. Honestly, we're realizing we can't just be like in our one track lane in medicine mm-hmm. um, and that we actually have a role in a bunch of different areas of society that we need to um, mm-hmm. filter into. Yeah, it's it's like I I just know the quality of people that go into medicine, and it's just like yeah, they are like among the most talented people in society. And then I feel like, what do we do with them? We kind of like, oh man, it's like what we do with them. It's like not not I'm not very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Again, like it's very difficult to solve this problem, but it does take kind of a partnership. Like I think a lot of people in administration do really are trying to solve it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, I don't think they can really solve it by themselves. I think it does mm-hmm. take leadership amongst from students, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, I just want to make you think about, I want to pose three questions to you. I want, to th- I want you to think about this <laughs> and just answer me, just kind of like from your gut. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> We're ready. Our first test. Question number one Does, and this is not you, but just think about the effect of the, of the medical school environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and your peers. Question number one is, does the medical school experience make you more or less authentic? Less. Right bad, I would say less, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Question number two, does the medical school experience make you more connected with people or less connected with people? Hmm. I feel like they want it to be more. Mm-hmm medical school is trying to like talk to you about talking to patients and shadowing and being in the hospital and constantly being surrounded by people but the conversations feel empty in a way i don't i don't know no i was actually going to say something very similar i was going to say i think it brings you closer to people but the people have lost their authenticity so it doesn't mm. it's not necessarily the same and the third question is does a medical school experience make you more focused on your personal performance or your external impact? Jeez. Oh, that's a this hard is one. Really <laughs> I want to say external impact, but realistically, I think it's personal performance. I feel like, yeah, there's so many ways to get, to feel like pushed 
towards mm-hmm. like you know this is your chance to make an impact this is your chance to like do this and you feel mm-hmm. like oh as a medical student I have more leverage than I did as an undergrad to go after mm-hmm. the same things and potentially make more of an impact now but at the end of the day like when it comes down to it it still feels like that's something you're doing in addition to like 80% of your day which is spent studying mm-hmm. so personal performance probably yeah I've been I've been thinking about in the leadership part I um I had some years ago I had to kind of think through like what is leadership about and <laughs> And I kind of came up with like three buckets, really. There's there's stuff inside of you, which is about your meaning and your values and your um, strengths and things like that. And and that's and then there's a second domain of interpersonal, um, your community and your relationships. And and then the third domain of your this is sort of the outside of you. This is your external impact, and which is deals a lot with leadership. And so um, I, mm-hmm. I I have these three buckets, and so these questions in a way are meant to kind of cut through a lot of the it just like it was almost like formal accountability for <laughs> the effect of medical school on these three domains it's like mm-hmm. technically like you should know yourself better and you should be more yourself when you're after you this education experience you should mm-hmm. be better with people you should have more like you know you should actually be better with people and you should promote certain things interpersonally and then it should um, cause you to, you know, align with some, some purpose. Mm-hmm. And then, that's so um, interesting. Yeah. And I do, I do feel like I know some people like that. Like some people I feel like do hit their peak per se in medical school. And like, you know, you see them thriving and you see them like balancing a lot of aspects of their life and doing well. And, you know, they seem like more passionate and purposeful in med school like that. I definitely, could think of a few people that I know straight off the bat that have hit that, but. And so, and part of it, so in a way it's, it's like, um, yeah, it's like, there's a lot of peer pressure, essentially the system Mm -hmm. is, is, is creating an environment, but of course, when I say like setting your own agenda, that, that doesn't mean that you have to necessarily buckle down into that environment. You can Mm -hmm. still, you're still free to choose how you want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I do is like, I, I help a lot of the fourth years with interviewing, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm I tell the fourth years, like, look, I'm from a business school. And so like <laughs> med school, like pre- interview prep is like not very good. I'll, <laughs> I'll teach you the business school way of how, the, how to interview. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, our students really match really well, you know, because like it, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the med school way of interviewing. And, um, <laughs> And so I have a, I had a, a student who was like, I was, um, I worked a lot with and he wanted to go into orthopedic surgery and he just recently matched. Uh, he got his first choice, wow. uh, in That's ortho, awesome. but he, um, but he like on his step score, he studied like a lot, but he also did med school, right? He, he maintained relationships and things like, mm-hmm. I said, like, dude, like, just <laughs> like, just double down on your personality. Just make a lot of good relationships. And, and of course he's naturally that way, but he's, he, he did it. He like, he had no choice, but he mm-hmm. did it. And he like got his first choice. And like, and, and so this is something that like, like a lot of times med schools, it's not, it's, it's kind of in their blind spot. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, if I don't have this many publications then I'm not, you know, you know, and but like, dude, it's like, 
if people like you, you'll be fine. This is almost like, like it blows people's <laughs> minds. And I'm like, no, like if people like you and you, you, you do something interesting with your um, med school, that's what you're going to talk about. You're mm -hmm. going to have a lot of cool things to talk about during the interview, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you're actually going to stand out. And so if you actually take, so I'd say like, you know, you got to do something interesting and not to check some box, mm -hmm. like you're going to do something that you really kind of enjoy doing. And then like, then you can talk about that. Um, and then if you do that, one, you'll be happier. And then two, even like on the interviewing trail, like you'll actually be really interesting and people will really, it will help you match into the place that you really want. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the, like, so you almost have to take, I, I tell, I tell students that they have to, um, it's like 80, 20, right? 80, 80% of the time, you're going to have to grind it out, like with the rest of everybody and just grind it. But the, you can't go, you can't go like, 98.2. Like you can't grind. <laughs> you have to grind 80% of the time. And so you have to grind, but you have to put in a number of hours on your own stuff that you really like doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, and so then I'd say, I tell, I tell students like, you got to put in 200 hours into something like really interesting, you know? That's personally meaningful. And then, you know, you mm -hmm. spread out 200 hours over the course of like your four years in med school. You can do that. And then once, if you do that, you'll have something interesting to say at, in interviews. Mm -hmm. And then you'll, you'll look back and be like, those are the times that in, the, in med school that was kind of actually fun. That's the stuff you'll remember. And that's the stuff that will actually help you get matched. Um, whereas everybody kind of focuses on this, the generic grind. And I'm like, right. yeah, but you got to do some of it because med school is not easy, but you can't, you have to, you have to strike the right balance, you know? No, I really, the, that's so cool to hear. Yeah. Like the 80, 20 balance is so, it really just puts it into tangible terms. Like we're not saying to give up grinding. We're not saying to stop studying, but give it, the, give it the time it deserves and not all, not all your time. Anybody who like, you know, for, I think, you know, the, if you're, Purely in medicine, you, you get to a very hard nose like kind of strategy. But once you're outside in like the MBA, MPH world, it's sort of like you're like, oh, it's kind of about relationships and people. Mm -hmm. And as long as the relationships with people are good, and then you're all right. You'd be all right. Um, and it's like it's so important to maintain relationships. And and I, you know, I just want to share one one thought. I was like when I was. I, so I graduated from business school in 2000, right? And I remember how hard it was to get a job because you got, you got, you know, all these business school students interviewing. They're super competitive with each other, not to the degree of like med students, but they're, you know, they're like, you know, competitive and, and it was hard to get a job. But then, and so I had a friend who went to, um, worked at Louis Vuitton and I had another friend that worked at Bear Stearns. And then, um, and it was hard to get those jobs, right? Because it's like, yeah. You know, but then three years after graduation, I was like, I was just talking to the friend who worked at Bear Stearns. Like, oh, do you still work at Bear Stearns? And she was like, no, I work at Louis Vuitton now. I was like, oh, do that. It's like, oh, yeah, I just called this other, you know, called her friend up, like, and I say, yeah, I want to work there. And she's like, okay, fine, send you a resume. And then boom, done, done, right? <laughs> well, and it's just like, it's like you can like grind it out or you can like just, leverage relationships mm -hmm. and like relationships are so much better and easier to do. Um, and, uh, it will, it will take you so many places. Um, and so, um, you know, it, it, I just, I just feel like it's, it's really important to 
not overlook relationships while mm -hmm. you're going through through school. This is like mm -hmm. developing these relationships. It's going to be so important. Like later on, you're going to, let's say, um, want a job somewhere. Well, one of your classmates is probably going to work at some point, some place and that you can, you know, it's, there's a lot to be gained um, mm -hmm. from that, you know. That's actually a really good transition into our next question. Um, so since you've been teaching for so long, we wanted to ask you, like, what are some things you have seen that doctors lack most when it comes to these leadership and relationship skills that you're talking about? And what methods have you used that seem to work the best to teach this to medical professionals? Yeah. Right now, I would say the, the paradigm. <clears throat> I'd say the paradigm right now is for medicine is that of expertise. So that is, that is good from a certain degree, but it's challenging from a relational point of view, because if you have a paradigm of expertise, it says that like, um, it makes asking for, asking for help and asking for things like not good, not look good, you know? And it makes it sort of like, you should, don't you already know that stuff? Shouldn't you already know it? You know? And then it makes everybody very like, if they don't know something, they are just kind of like, I hope they don't find out that I don't know this stuff. And, and so it, it really kind of makes, again, sort of there's this inauthenticity. And so people are always like, what do you know? What do I know? How, how sizing people up? And that is hard. I would say that is a difficult thing. And, um, and except I would just say that, um, if your, if your relationships are good though, um, I could be more authentic with you and I can say, you know what? I really don't know this, but I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll study and I'll, I'll know it in the future. Um, that gives some type of permission to be more authentic and, um, to overcome this culture of expertise, you know, and, uh, you know, when in business, you know, it's not, it's not like, it's, it's all about how, how do we kind of like make it work, you know? <laughs> and like, you know, like, you know, some, you know, some things, I know some things, look, I like just figure out, make it work. And work you know, um, I think we need to bring some of that into medicine. Um, and it, and it, everything kind of involves courage, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, but the thing is, it's like, you already know some people who are transitioned to the other place where they're pretty genuine and they, they kind of are open with like, you know what, I don't know this stuff. And, but you know, and you, you don't think any less of them. Right. And, um, and, but so they're the ones that know, like can kind of, it's almost like people have to give themselves a little bit of permission not to know things, mm -hmm. not to get good grades, not mm -hmm. to be the best. Right. You know what I mean? No. And it's really difficult because like, you guys, I'll bet when you guys were in undergrad, like an undergrad, you know, I would say it's like, it's so easy to outcompete people because everybody is like partying and you're like, if you just like, unless you're the people and, partying, then yeah. Then that's right. Then you're, <laughs> you're going to just outgrind people in undergrad and then get into med school. Mm -hmm. And, but then once you get into med school, it's really hard to outgrind people. Mm -hmm. Like you can't outgrind people. Like mm. it, it's because you're, you're all a bunch of grinders. And so you can't <laughs> use that strategy anymore. Right. That's really and true. So, I know it's and bad. so you kind of have, 
a different strategy. And the strategy is around people. Um, and so essentially connecting with people, talking with people. And then once you have relationships, then it feels like, okay, I can be more of myself. I don't have to put as much pressure on myself. But if you mm. don't know people, you mm -hmm. feel that you have to put up this front, like, mm. like, well, what do people think of me? And, you know, things like that. And so I still think relationships, like taking time to kind of make relationships is, is, is the key. Mm. What you're saying is so true. Like <laughs> med school is filled with all the people who are grinders. <laughs> like, so if you, if you're not good at something, there's a hundred and something other people who probably are, um, which should normally be like a teamwork kind of thing. Like, all right, like, I don't know something, all these people like will help me or will fill in from mm -hmm. here, whatever. But in reality, we turn it into a competition. Whereas where you just end up falling behind in whatever it is, which is not a healthy mindset at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I have to say like, anybody who's in med school is already excellent. Like, I would just say there isn't, there isn't any more to prove on the academic side. Like, and it is toxic to try to continue to play the same game as undergrad. Um, and so I would just say, for example, if like, oh, if you're on the third quartile, like, like who cares? As long as like, you're actually really good at something that you care about, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> as, as long as you pass your tests, it's like, but then you're, you're doing something that's like really meaningful, let's say with the student clinics or things like that, where you're learning something like, great, that's a good use of med school. Like your main thing is to pass the things and, and mm -hmm. you don't need to be on one part of the curve um, on that, uh, you know? And so, mm -hmm. and to, the key thing is like to develop another area of expertise, not expertise, but like excellence, right? That you're learning about. That's mm -hmm. that, that 80, 20 to 20% that you're investing time to become really good at that's really different from your classmates. And then, then what happens, you, you're not competing against your classmates. That makes sense on some right. curve. Right. Like you yeah. can all in a way have your own area of where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm really developing in this. And it, it can kind of like relax the whole tension and pressure on everybody, I think. Mm -hmm. No, that's a really great way of looking at it, I think. And as we're kind of like rounding out the Purpose MD blog, I think we were really interested by. Um, we noticed that like you had a lot of blogs on that website. And for our listeners, we highly recommend you checking this out if possible. Um, what is your role in this? What Are you the owner of this? What prompted you to start it? Um, what would be your goal in these blogs? Yeah. Um, when I was in business school, I'm... Uh... We, we did a lot of the, uh, we did a lot of um, kind of advice giving to business school students about here's how you do this and here's how you do that, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I can imagine that uh, in the med school realm, it's like Reddit and there's all this stuff. Like, here's how you like make Anki cards and, but like, <laughs> like, no, I don't make a blog about how to make Anki cards. Right. But <laughs> what's really like missing was like, um, how do you actually like have how do you actually have a good experience and and how do you actually um use medical like use the medical school experience properly and so that when you come out of it you feel good about and so i just and you know i would these are things i would share with 
you know, students I would talk to at Michigan and, and, and Utah. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, you know, there's no real reason why I can't just like write something and just put it on the web and then wh- whatever med students want to read about it, um, maybe they can get benefit out of it. Um, and so this is just, just my own kind of like, I mean, part of me, like, you know, I'm frustrated, frustrated with the right. current reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're, you just sort of want to do what you, what you can, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just, just me trying to like do a very little part about just like putting, putting out, you know, different, a different message out there. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And that's amazing. Um, like Swathi said, if you guys haven't already, I would highly recommend checking it out. It's called Purpose MD and it has some amazing articles written by Tony um, about kind of topics like this on how you can do more than just medicine and be in medical school. Um, So we don't want to hold you too long, Tony, but before we end, are there any last minute comments or advice that you would want to give our listeners? Yeah, I I would just say that... um like we're in very interesting times now. And, um, and, uh, I think things will be very different in the future. And so I just would, would encourage, and I think med students are really good at grinding and that's like a real strength of me. <laughs> but I'm like, we love the grind. don't grind all the time. Like it's, and it's like, you have to also, um, kind of like look around it, it, it take time to, for yourself look around observe the world what's going on mm-hmm. um because things are kind of in the process of transition um this current grind is is part of part of an older system of like you grind you get this thing you get this but like the structure of residencies the the the, the makeup of healthcare system all that is stuff is going to be in flux i still think like med school hasn't really t- uh gotten the most out of medical students in terms of what medical students are capable of. Mm-hmm. But I would just say anything that you can do to create things, like I would just say, use medical school to create time to create, like you guys are creating this podcast. This is teaching you something right now. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. This is teaching you something. You are teaching yourself something. This is a good use of medical school time. Right. Okay. And, um, and so as you're, because later on, this is going to come into play, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be able to use the skill that you've learned because in the future, it's like right now, for example, like, right. You know, if you look at a lot of like med schools and they still think like, you know what, med students just, just, just absorb our curriculum. And I, I always keep telling people like, no, med students no longer really are beholden to the content of it, put put out by their own medical school. Like they're free mm-hmm. to choose whatever they want to choose to, in terms of content. Like, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. uh, and so for all medical students, like for the listeners, just kind of think about what is it that you can do that would be able to really use your creativity and resourcefulness um, into helping solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't look for permission. Even if you don't like, don't get chronicle credit for it, mm-hmm. look for like ways to do something mm-hmm. to address a problem in the current environment, because that's, mm-hmm. that's a very p- powerful mindset when things are changing 
um, it will it will allow you to adapt much better. Tony, that was beautifully put. Um, so thank you so much for volunteering to not only meet with us beforehand to help us think through um, this entire podcast idea, but also just provide your insight and uh, be willing to share all of your stories. Um, I really think they're they're so valuable, and us as listeners, we're so lucky to get to hear them. You're welcome. I, it was a it was a pleasure to be here, and it's really a, a pleasure and inspiration to see med students take initiative like what you have done with with this podcast. And I fully endorse um, your message, um, and I I wish you guys the best. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, we Tony. really appreciate all the encouragement. <laughs> we hoped you enjoyed listening to our conversation with Tony as much as we did and reflected on your own agenda in medical school so far. Tony has definitely been a very engaging, approachable mentor, and we are so glad you all were able to hear his advice on how to differentiate ourselves in medical school, work towards our own strengths, and check in with ourselves occasionally to see if we can answer his three magic questions to developing ourselves in medical school. And Tony has not only given us his time to interview him today, but he's also helped guide Swathi and I through developing the themes and goals of this podcast. And we are so, so lucky and appreciative to have his support and encouragement throughout this journey. As always, we want to close the chart with a quote that summarizes the episode and hopefully lingers with you until the next one. So today's quote is more of a concept, really, that Tony and some colleagues at the University of Michigan developed and published on the website PurposeMD, called MD+. First, the MD part is the technical part of what doctors do. They go to medical school, learn the common set of skills and knowledge, and everyone gets the same thing. But there's the plus, which is unique to you. And when you develop your plus, opportunities seek you. So let's start asking ourselves, what is going to be my differentiating factor or my plus? See you all next time.